We're ready for some testimonies. Yes. Yeah. A good way to start our, our highways and hedges operation is to hear some good things that God's already done. And that will build anticipation and hope for what he's going to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's just pray before uh, the, the, the people that are going to share uh, come. So Father God, we just thank you for this moment. Lord, I just pray that you would encourage each of us through these testimonies, that you would move powerfully. Lord, stir our hearts for what you're doing in our lives as we listen to what you've done in the lives of others. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our first person that's coming to share today is amazing. Everyone's amazing. All six of these people for different reasons. Uh, just an incredible part of the life of our church. But this person has joined us in our cleaning business and works like a ninja. We, we say it's like a ninja. We do ninja cleaning, apparently. Uh, she works hard, fast. She never complains. She never says no if there's something that needs doing. She's jumped in to help with our kids and youth as well. The kids know her as M, but I want to introduce to you Marion this morning. Give her a hand. Opening in prayer, Pastor Jeremy. I'd also like to pray because, you know, that's what we do. So if you could all join me in bowing your heads, please. Father, thank you for gathering us all here today, Lord. Thank you for turning my life around, Lord. I don't know where I'd be without you, Father. And I'm just so grateful for every single person in the room here today. And Lord, the testimony that I share here today, the testimonies um, coming after me as well, Lord, it's not about us, Father. It's all about you. And we're here to glorify you and to point everyone back to you and your son, Jesus, Lord. So we thank you for this time that we have to share together here today on Pentecost Sunday. And we just pray that your blessing will be upon us and that you speak to the hearts of everyone here so that they may know you more deeper and they may go out and spread the wonderful good news that you have come to save us, Lord. We thank you for everything, Father. In Jesus' mighty, mighty, beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so a funny thing happened when I went to... Can I leave on this? I don't know. Cool, thanks. Um, when I went to prepare for this testimony... Oh, hi, Ruth. Um, normally, like, I've, I've done many speeches and spoken in front of many different groups of people in my life, and, you know, normally I, I prepare and I get an idea of something to use, you know, to make it fun and engaging, have a story, have a metaphor... Far out this week, <laughs> I kept trying to sit down to, you know, prepare what is it that God wants me to share about my life and my story that glorifies him. But every time I went to do it, it was like, no. So I, <laughs> I'd try again and I'd sit down and get ready to write it and think of, you know, what could I share to our church family, to um, all the different people in the room. But he was just like, no, stop. You know, it's so... 
here I stand before you as I am with absolutely nothing prepared and I just pray that he will fill me with his Holy Spirit, yep, and that it's just going to come and flow in the bits and pieces of my life and my story that he has worked through because he's been through a lot, that they will come out in the way that the people in this room need to hear. So here we go. All right, so I feel like beginning with... The beginning of me coming to, <laughs> to this church which was only just four months ago and I feel like I'm I've been here four years not four months um, so I walked through these doors I remember I was broken-hearted I was unemployed I'm trained as a preschool teacher but I had lost my job and things partly because of mandates and all that stuff anyway um, I'm I was in tons of debt and I'm saying all these things. Normally I would be so ashamed and hide all this stuff and never talk about it because I'm embarrassing. But this is Testimony Sunday, right? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I was just such a huge, crazy mess trying to put on a brave smile. Um, and, and now I stand before you completely changed. I have a job where I get to bless other people. I have such a wonderful family in all of you, thanks to our amazing Savior. And and I'm still in a ton of debt, but you know, I opened up about that and I'm getting that sorted. So amen to that. Um, and yeah, so I think now I'll go back to the beginning. I feel like just doing life story times, yeah, because you're my fam. And I mean, I've shared my story with a few of you here and there, um, but normally this is something I do one-on-one -on -one over coffee, kind of shyly because you know how Jesus leaves the 99 to find the lost sheep? Like I was that lost sheep all the way over in the back there, like running away, hiding, being like, no, who's Jesus? I don't want to know about that. So, um, so yeah, let's go back to, I guess, my childhood and how I grew up. So um, I had a Filipino mum, um, her name was Julia, and a Hungarian dad, his name was Tibor. And um, from what I remember, they didn't get along too well. Um, dad was pretty abusive of mum, and yeah, it just wasn't a great environment growing up. Anyway, fast forward to when I was about seven, I'm checking with my auntie, eight, yeah, memory, um, <laughs> yeah, mum got really sick with uh, cancer and she passed away, but right before she did, she had called my auntie, who was 21 at the time, I was only eight, um, she was 21 and she came from the Philippines to look after me, this crazy little kid, I have no idea, um, and, and so we became besties, um, and yeah, I was just really blessed to have her in my life because before mum passed away, she was saved thanks to her friend that um, worked at this factory. Anyway, that's another whole story. Anyway, so mum was saved. She brought my auntie to the Lord. And um, and so I grew up with my auntie. It was just me and her. My dad had left as well, um, going back to Hungary, and he passed away when I was nine in his country. But, um, yeah, so it was just me and my auntie. And she raised me. We'd go to church. I was one of these kids in youth coming to church, you know, all of the things. Um, but when I was 17, my life took a different 
road. Um, I actually got into a relationship with my best friend who was is a girl as well. And I don't know how to say it. Like, yeah, we fell in love or I guess we thought we were in love. And we were, um, when we started dating, my auntie was really upset with me because, you know, God's word says that that's not the way to be, you know. And... And it was, it was really hard to love someone and not have the other person, my auntie in my life, understand that love. Um, and she tried to speak to me and I tried to speak to her and I'd be like, I'm still the same person. I just love my best friend. What's wrong with that? And I couldn't see what she could see at the time. So anyway, fast forward again, and we were together for 15 years. Uh, so that was last year, we were together that entire time. And, um, and we had had three children together. Their names are, uh, so her name's Rhea, and our kids' names are Dylan, Jada, and Isaac. And so Dylan's um, four, Jada turned three just on Friday, and Isaac was born um, on Christmas Day last year, on the 25th of December. And so I have this beautiful, amazing family that I, have, I haven't known how to talk about with, with my church family here and with a lot of you, but... God spoke to me last year and picked me up from out of all of that. And it was the scariest thing ever because, you know, I didn't purposely try to turn away from him. I didn't purposefully try to do the wrong thing. You know, this whole time, my whole life, I've always tried to do what's right. I've always tried to do what was good, you know, and I've never been one that's like, that had it in my heart to rebel and things. But of course I did because we're all sinners, right? And our hearts are deceitful and wicked. And without knowing what I was doing, I had run so far away from the truth, from our Lord, from our Savior. But thank God for my mom and the words that she had planted in my heart and and all those times I went to church and heard all the teachings and sang all those songs, you know, because they came back to me like a huge flood amidst all the COVID stuff. And that's what brought me back to him, to the truth. So while COVID was happening, I was seeking the truth because I was so confused and I felt like there are so many lies going on. Like what's, what is the truth in all this? And while I was running away from Jesus and seeking the truth, I bumped straight into Jesus. <laughs> and, um, and it was the most shocking thing ever. Not only was my family and my relationship so far from his design, what you were talking about with the marriage's design and everything, from his design of that, but I had also fallen into the whole new age deception and and I was going to start a business and I was in the week of starting my business of teaching people these new age doctrines and things. And I thought they were all good, 
But what I came to realize was that they were actually Lucifer disguised as an angel of light, and that was so shocking to me as well. So I could stand here for hours talking, but I know I'll need to wrap it up soon. But basically, I'm just so grateful that God picked me up out of the complete mess that I was in, turned my life completely around. And so I had left Rhea and the kids in February this year, so scared and so confused. And I left the, um, the week that I left, I bought two Bibles in her favorite color. And I said to her, I don't know where you're at, but I just felt like I needed to buy this for you. And she said, look, thank you. I'm not ready yet. I'll put it in the drawer. And when I'm ready, I'll open it. And, um, and two weeks into me being here, she messaged me saying, thank you for the Bible. I opened it today. And praise God that now she's saved and she's come to love the Lord. And now, <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. And our relationship has completely changed. And now we see each other as sisters in Christ, which is so strange but wonderful to be able to say and her and the kids wake up singing praise and worship music oh, wow. they're um they're at church normally but it's jada's birthday party today and so praise god that he's just moved in all of our lives so i don't even have the words like i feel like i'm in a movie and <laughs> and my life's just been completely crazy but all I can say is all the glory goes to God and no one is too far enough, no one is too broken, no one is too lost. And that's why we're here to be able to share our testimonies and our lives and the things that God's done in our life with everyone in this town because everyone, Jesus died for absolutely everyone. So thank you all for your time. I love you all so much. What I love in that testimony is that it was God that brought the truth. So we can be in people's faces with the truth, and I'm sure Auntie was, uh, but when God brings it, it's life transforming. If someone changes because we've convinced them, that'll only last so long, but when God brings the change, when God shines the light and brings the truth, it's just ping, and it ends up in life change. And that's what's happened to Marion. Her life has turned around and she's now such a blessing, as I said, to our kids, our youth, um, and, and just a, a great example of God pulling someone, even when they didn't realise they were doing it, you weren't a rebel, you didn't do the wrong thing, but God pulled you out and set you apart, showed you the truth, and it set you free. So let's give God praise again. <laughs> The other thing I realise is we're not going to get through six today. I have to be honest. I mean, I don't want to be sitting down here in five minutes and going, because you know, everyone's got such a great story. So we're just going to do it next week as well. Is that all right? Yeah. So we might get through three today. We'll see how we go. Um, is anyone that we've asked to speak not going to be here next week? No one's moving, so that's all good. Um, I might get you while you're here. I'm going to get you while you're here. But right now, I think, I don't know, what do we think? Toss a coin, um, roll a dice. That's all illegal in church. <laughs> Can't do that. Let's, let's go with. Hey, I'll go rock, paper, scissors. Pick a number. Scissors, paper, Closest paper, person rock. to the wall. You want to go now? I'll get it out of the way. All right. All right. Patrick has an awesome testimony of God's goodness. Why don't you welcome him? Come on. Thank you.
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, most of you already know me. Most of you have already heard bits and pieces. I can't see everybody, as you know. I got half an eye. <laughs> I'm borderline, I'm allowed to drive. Just. Just. So, well, here we go. <laughs> It's my security ball, because I'm terrified. I tr yeah, I tried everything I could to get out of this. I did, but the Lord said to me, put your man pants on and... <laughs> so, all right. I didn't have parents. I, um, <laughs> if I cry, it's we, all we have a box of tissues. Yeah, it's a good cry, though, this time. Do you need someone beside you? Nah. Man pants. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't have parents, and I grew up in. <laughs> no, I like my tears. Um, I grew up in boys' homes. Uh, I made one mistake at fifteen, and I didn't get out of prison to nearly twenty-five. I didn't know nothing about the Lord, not a thing. Um, we played with Ouija boards, we done stupid things. I had the most horriblest things happen. I'd been shot, stabbed, bashed, you name it. I had six daughters, and because of prison, 40 years of drug addict, 30 years an alcoholic, so it was hard. I pushed every daughter away. I'm good, I'm good. Some of you remember my last daughter who used to come here, Indiana. And the mother took her, because I went blind two years ago. That's why I sit at the front, so I can see. I hated myself with a passion. Useless, shameful, even, I've been here two and a half years, and even that two and a half years, what a journey, I tell you. Um, I got saved two and a half years ago here, but I didn't understand any of it. I haven't, I didn't go to school at all. I didn't know how to read. One week ago, the Lord blessed me with a busted pair of glasses. That's about all I can say. The first time in my life, last week, I started reading my Bible. Oh. First time. <laughs> and I've read so much, and it's a blessing. I'm telling you, it's just a pure blessing that I got baptized there oh, a couple of months ago. And that night, I went home and had a meltdown and hid for two weeks. Because 40 years as a drug addict, the paranoia, the things it does to your brain, I didn't, I wasn't worthy at all. The Lord said, yes, you are. Yes, you are, boy. You're more than worthy. I tried to fit in, 
I didn't fit in anywhere. I'd been to churches all around Australia and they didn't like my type. They didn't like people with tattoos, long hair. I've got a loud mouth. I love that. <laughs> I've been thrown out of every church except William. This is my sixth year in Stanford. And um, I thought I got dumped here. How wrong, how wrong, how wrong. How wrong can a man be? The shame, the hate, the anger. I tried to commit suicide eight times. And I've got eight unusual stories where it didn't work. Yeah. And not two weeks ago, I read a verse that read, if a child doesn't have a mother or father, the Lord will take care of him. Yes. Yes. And instantly I remembered, well, that's why I couldn't commit suicide, because he wouldn't let me. So he had plans. He's had plans for me without me even knowing. So about three months ago after I got baptised, yeah, I, I um, shamed. I, I hid when people knocked on my door. I ran away and hid. Because my whole life I've been scared, terrified. I didn't know what the right thing was. Uh, after that two weeks, I prayed on my floor. I couldn't get any lower. I said to the Lord, help me or I'm done. I'm done, couldn't do it, couldn't do it anymore. Maybe one. <laughs> I have a good sense of humor. <laughs> and I think that's probably one of the only things that got me through. The next morning after collapsing on my floor again, in shame, I begged and begged and begged. When I woke up the next morning, I had no hate, no shame, no nothing, nothing like that. I couldn't understand it. I've spoke many times to these lovely pastors, many people, Sue, we've had a lot of conversations. All I can say is the Lord blessed me that morning. I put everything in the open. I told everyone I was ashamed of myself. I've lived almost 57 years in shame. But guess what? No. I'm, I don't have none of shame. Yeah. No. <laughs> My week consists now of I get up on a Monday morning. And I asked the Lord, I've stopped asking for things for me. I asked the Lord what I can do for him. So every morning I, I head up to town and I just try and say as much nice things as I can to everybody I meet. So that's my Monday, my Tuesday, my Wednesday. I look forward to Bible study. I was going to quit Bible study because I couldn't read. 
I thought I was the, we went through this, I thought I was the dumbest person in the room. And, and, I, and I prayed and I prayed and the Lord said to me, well, how dumb are you, Patrick? Because I've kept you there for everybody to read to me. So that's what they've been doing. And then, same as church, I, I, I was gonna quit church because I, just the shame, the hate, the anger. I love my church now. I look forward to my Sundays. I look forward to my Wednesdays. And I look forward to the youth group so that I can just help that little bit. So now I just spend my time wandering around, just trying to say something beautiful, coat, love your hair. I just try and say something nice to everyone I meet to try and make up for what I feel was 57 years of missing out. So all I can say now is I, I've been, I got blessed this week and last week more than my entire life. So I won't go into what happened. But <coughs> I've never spoken to a crowd ever. The only person I've ever spoke to was the judge at, at, at court. Pretty much. You don't want to hear what I said to him. <laughs> Everyone knows, 18 years I was locked up. 18. The things they do to a young boy in prison, you don't want to know. Like I said, 40 years of drug addict. I was still half a drug addict started this year. But that's gone now. That's, um, I have no interest in, in drugs. I have no interest in drinking. I still smoke cigarettes, naughty. But I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Mm. I'm not ashamed. Mm. I don't beat myself up anymore. All I gotta say is, if it wasn't for this church and the Lord, and so many lovely people in this church that never gave up on me, gave me dozens of beautiful words, these two guys here in front, the two pastors. I'll be honest, I got saved because of Anita. When I first came here, I just watched how lovely, how kind, how an inspiration, mate. And I wanted some of that at the end of the day. I, I tried to fit in, but the Lord told me, I'm here to stand out. So, the end of the day. Thank you. When I'm not crying like a baby, I'm a pretty funny fellow. So, um, I like I like to go up to people and just say something nice, but that doesn't always work. I sometimes put my feet in my mouth and I apologise. Uh, all I can say, if the Lord can change someone like me, whew, he can do it to anybody. So, I'll just finish with, I love all you guys. I don't even know half of you, but I love you all. And if there's anything I can do, don't be scared to come up and ask. You know, I'm not, I don't bite no more. 
<laughs> Can't even see half of you. <laughs> So at the, end, at the end of all that, all I can say is thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you with all my heart. And I know you say that, was it 52 years or 57 years? 57 years of uh, what a waste, but can I say this? No, it's not, no, a, waste, not, it's, it's not a waste. No, because it's brought you to this point. Yeah. Everything you've gone through has made you the person you are today. We're so glad that God brought you into this church. Yeah. That you feel welcome here. I love that. And, and that this is your home. Yeah. So give Patrick another. Hand. Time for one more, I think. One more. Do you, is it pastor's wife's choice? Or? It's hard. We'll do this again next week with the other three. We go with Jerry? Let's do. Um... <laughs> I'm just putting the, I deflected the pressure onto the wife. Helen, why don't you come? Give Helen a welcome. She's hoping she gets out today. another week. Now, I think we have. Do you need this table brought over? I can help with that. What a beautiful lady. I'll take a new wall. Do you want this elevated? Down here to me. Do I get a there chocolate? We go. There we go. <laughs> no, no one gets a chocolate yet. No one's gone under five minutes. So I get all the chocolates. It's so good. Oh, man. I'm, I'm still crying. Oh. <laughs> For joy. Yeah. Yeah, just thank, thank you, Buzz. Oh, man. Oh, God. God is so good. Yes. Isn't yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amen. No excuses, and God's saying, don't be silly, Helen. <laughs> sort of after those two, I feel boring old me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're an inspiration. Yes. Yeah. Um, God deals with each of us uniquely, yes. doesn't he? Yes. And yes. each of us according to who we are. Yes. Now, kids, I don't know whether you can see what I've written there. Can somebody tell me what those are? Yep. Thank you. Miss Jacqueline. I can read. She's a big kid. <laughs> what do you think might be in here in this treasure box from the children? What do you think might be a treasure to you? Somebody. Pictures. Yes. A friend. A, a friend. A friend. Any other ideas? Yes. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else want to have a have a guess? Yes. Years of memories. Years of memories. Okay. Anyone else? One more. Daniel, Old burdens. Yes. Yes. A puppy. A puppy. Oh, wonderful. That's a treasure. Yeah. Especially for Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good book. 
A good book. Okay. Well, a good book. Not one? Yeah. No. Uh, a Bible? A Bible? Yeah. Nice. Oh, nice. One more. Then we better get on with it. Rocks. Oh. Rocks. Have you been peeking? He, <laughs> he has a collection at home. Uh, he collects. I'm losing my reminder cards. So that's why I don't even need. <laughs> yes, the last answer was correct. And yet, gosh, some of those things are treasures to me too that were mentioned. Especially chocolate. <laughs> So, I do have here a collection of rocks. Now, some of you probably haven't seen these sort of rocks in the granite belt. Uh, there's one here from the granite belt, and it's even a bit interesting. It's got stripes on it. Now, I'll leave these on the table for kids, and you can come out and have a look at them if you like afterwards. This one, I don't know whether you can see, there's crystals embedded in it. Right. Just beautiful. This one's from the um, far west Queensland. I call this my puzzle rock because see how it's a piece that comes out of it and then it fits right back in there like that. Just beautiful. This is very good for weight bearing exercise. <laughs> this is a lump of iron ore from Western Australia. Very, very heavy. Very heavy. And some one there with glints and things in it. And there's these particular ones here. They're all my favourites. <laughs> but um, Patrick, would you just take that one and that one and tap them together? Beautiful sound. Beautiful sound. Yes. Lovely. What do you think of that? It's good, right? The rocks will cry out. The oh, rocks yeah. will cry out. Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Thanks, And then I'll just hold on to this one. Patrick had his ball while had my little rock. Yeah, I love the ball. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, probably as many of you know, um, well, Mr. Kent and I, we've spent 30 years travelling outback Australia, um, visiting. Australian cattle stations as part of our business and we take saddles and horse gear and our um, leather goods and, and items that we make to um, sell to the people on the stations because that's where they need all those things. Um, now we visit a station every day, cattle station every day and usually at lunchtime we're driving in between um, cattle stations. Sometimes they're um, hundreds of kilometres apart and sometimes not so far. So most days at lunchtime on our way, we stop for lunch. And sometimes that's even near a creek bed. And that's my favourite stopping place because that's where I can go for a walk and look for rocks. As you probably gathered, I love rocks and just the variety in the different places is just amazing, just amazing. And as, as uh, Beth called out, the rocks might praise him, but if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. So I've found some beauties over 30 years and I've found some really big ones and 
um, Mr. Kent Lyle was going to perhaps lug one of those into here to church, but decided that it's um, a half a, a moon rock. There's places out in far west Queensland with these beautifully big round rocks they call moon rocks, and um, they're just gorgeous. But um, just the variety, and, and I just can't help when I first discovered all these rocks, I just couldn't help but um, love the rocks and I just praised God because um, I know I know the God of creation and he's just amazing. You know, just the variety of rocks and, and where he's placed them and, uh, yeah, I've got a big collection. <laughs> um, every nook and cranny in our, our truck so that we occupy this spare space, I tuck away a rock. Um, his creation is a place where I can become very close to God. I don't know, I think most of us probably enjoy getting out for a walk in the bush and, and that's where, um, you know, I find, I find the Lord. I see him in everything. I see him in trees. I see him in um, grass, flowers, insects, birds. Um, and uh, I, I guess on, on a bigger scale, uh, there's a psalm that says, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And, you know, we have some most beautiful sunsets and sunrises, don't we? And um, just out at night, looking at the night sky, just um, realising how awesome is our God. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament show his handiwork. So um, that is part of my testimony. These are sort of smallish rocks, and, and living in the granite belt, we really are so blessed, aren't we? Because in the granite belt, there are some big rocks. Um, how amazing is that? And I've had the privilege of um, seeing Uluru too. Has anybody been to Uluru? Yes, a few people. Isn't it just awesome? You know, oh, God is amazing. <laughs> right in the middle of Australia is this most amazing, amazing rock. Um, and so David in the Psalms describes our big, awesome God as a rock quite often. And I was out at um, Donnelly's Castle. We were at, at Donnelly's Castle a couple of weeks ago with some of our grandchildren, and, and that became so real to me. Um, David dis describes God as his rock and says in Psalm 18, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer and my stronghold. And as we were clambering in amongst the rocks with um, grandchildren and squeezing through the little crevices and and hiding from each other and um, this psalm just really spoke to me when, when I, I thought of it, how God is our refuge yeah. and our strength and our strong our stronghold. Um, in Psalm 62 David says he is he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense I shall not be greatly moved. And um, in other Psalms, he's described God as a, a deliverer, a fortress, a stronghold and a refuge. 
and that is part of my testimony too. I was raised in a Christian home. I had a, a, a wonderful childhood uh, around hymns and my dad taught Sunday school and my mum led a youth group and um, I had a very blessed upbringing in a Christian home. Um, I wandered away um, as I grew older, um, as teenagers and latter teenagers often do, drifted away, chose to walk away, but God was always there and he drew me back through. Um, loving Christian people and the prayers of my parents. <laughs> um, so I've discovered that he is my rock. He's my strength when I'm weak. When I'm weak, he's been my deliverer when I've been in trouble. And he's healed me, delivered me from pain and sickness. He's been my fortress, my stronghold and my refuge when I've felt a little threatened or afraid or when I've gone through sadness. Now, I've left one of my most favourite rocks to the last. And that's in here. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, kids, what, what sort of rock do you think we'd call this? Can you see it? Wow. Pretty. What would you, how would you describe that rock? Yes. Yeah. Like zebra stripes, first up, and it is called a zebra rock. And it comes uh, from country up around Kununurra, and I don't know whether there's anywhere else in Australia where um, you can find it, but that's where you find it. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And this piece, of course, has been um, treated and, and um, yeah, done some special things with. But um, it is truly beautiful, isn't it? Isn't God amazing? He's yeah. so clever. <laughs> and just places things in creation for us to enjoy. But the special part about this one is, and it's so interesting that, um, you know, we've decided as a church to um, distribute thank you cards. Now, as I've travelled, as we've travelled the far north, um, I've become friends with lots of the women on cattle stations and they have truly blessed me. Um, they are just wonderful, amazing women. They're resilient and they're, they're yes, Diana knows, and they're strong and they're friendly and they really are amazing women living out there in the outback. And as I've travelled, I've wanted to thank, thank them each time. So I've handed out cards <laughs> and uh, small gifts to cooks and, and managers' wives and different ones that I've become connected with. And that's been my absolute privilege just to say thank you. And this last trip, which was our last last trip, <laughs> 30th and final, which is very sad um, because we, we've loved doing that, but we've just decided it's a good time to finish up. And um, as we've travelled, a, a lot of the women have come to me and said, you know the cards that you gave me? I've kept all of them. And, um, you know, that just warms my heart. Mm -hmm. 
And um, this particular manager's wife presented me with this beautiful zebra rock when I was there last time. And she had a little plaque inscribed on it. And it's one of the cards that I'd given her. It's the words of one of the cards that I'd given her. And it says, the world is a nicer place to live in because you are in it. Oh. And I give that to her and I usually write on the back a little personalised note too um, because they have meant so much to me. And so here she was just blessing me right back <laughs> and it was the most precious, precious moment. And it reminded me of another, well, it's not a psalm, another account in the Bible of Moses when he wrote a song and he talked about the honey in the rock. And I believe, and Jerry can correct me on this, but I think when Moses was with the Israelites in the wilderness and you know, God provided manna um, for them, bread for them to eat and quail for them, uh, meat, and I think he also provided honey out of a rock and water out of a rock um, for them, for their sustenance as they travelled through the wilderness. Um, and Moses in his, in his song in Deuteronomy 32, 13 uh, says, he made him to suck honey out of a rock and oil out of a flinty rock just talking about the blessings that God brought to the people as they were in the wilderness. And so this was a blessing to me. Um, it's like honey in the rock. Uh, it was a sweet, sweet message to me, honey in the rock, to bless me. There's a beautiful song out now. I don't know if any of you have heard it. Um, Brooke Fraser, who used to be, and she's got a different married name now. Is there, has anybody heard it? It's called Honey in the Rock? No. Um, it is an amazing song, and I do have the words of it here that I would like to finish with. Now, this is like a song of praise for me and I hope for you too to finish with. Um, and it's about Jesus, because Jesus is our rock, isn't he? The Old Testament people have the Lord, God, and we have Jesus, he's our rock. And these are some of the words. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you've got is honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well, only you can satisfy. Sweetness at the mercy seat, now I've tasted. It's not hard to see, only you can satisfy. Then there's the chorus, there's honey in the rock, honey in the rock. Freedom where the spirit is, bounty in the wilderness, you will always satisfy. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know 
everything I need, you've got it. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hand. Starting, started flowing when you said, it is done. Everything you did is enough. I keep looking, I keep finding. You keep giving, keep providing. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep praying, you keep moving. I keep praising, you keep proving. I have all that I need. You are all that I need. I keep looking, I keep finding, you keep giving, keep providing. I have all that I need. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need, you've got. <coughs> honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hands, started flowing when you said it is done, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, who you are, is enough. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.